Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast. This is episode 189, Screen Time and Your Kids with Dr. Malin Griffith. Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hey there, welcome to the show. I'm so excited for you to hang out with me today. You guys, summer is coming. Are you ready? (laughs) I feel like every year is the same where I want it to be a completely, totally awesome summer for my kids and for myself because I love this time of year too. And so in a couple weeks, I have a special two-part series for you called The Summer of Awesome. So I'm so excited to give you all of the tips and inspiration to help you really kick off an awesome summer. But as awesome as summer is, it does come with its challenges. And one of the challenges for me, especially as a working mom with older kids that are not necessarily in daycare all day long, is screen time. And even when it's not summertime, screen time is an issue, whether it's TV or video games or cell phones or iPads. I mean, there are a bazillion things calling for our kids' attention. And as a mom, I can feel so super guilty sometimes just struggling internally like, Are they having too much screen time? And then I can start to justify it by saying, but it's educational and they're learning things. But I know that I want them to learn other things as well. And so that's why I invited on Dr. Maylin to share with us a little bit of common sense approach on screen time with kids. Now, if this is your first time learning about Dr. Maylin, I have to tell you, you are in for a treat. I first discovered her on Instagram a couple months ago and then went to her website, watched a ton of her videos, and she has transformed the way that I look at parenting. And so I reached out to her and I said, I need to have you on my show. I need to share you with my audience because everything that you do is so brilliant and makes so much sense and is in such alignment with who we are here at Your Life Rocks. Now, she was on a couple weeks ago talking about how we can help our kids create friendships, and she brought up a lot of great topics like how to approach values with our kids and getting them to make right choices so that it's not just always a fight or an argument. And she brings even more wisdom into this topic as we're talking about screen time. So I hope that you go back and listen to her other episode, but this is going to be beyond a blessing. And I highly encourage you go to raisingcharacter.com and you can watch her videos. You can get all of her resources. Take a great quiz to see your character traits for your kids. It's just really incredible. So I highly encourage you to do that. Now, Dr. Maylin, she is a wife, a mother, a clinical child psychologist, and she spent the last 12 years working with children and families in patient units, residential settings, and in outpatient care. Through her clinical work, she's discovered that everyone is really just doing the best they can for the children that they care most about. Through her personal experience as a mom, she discovered that parenting is hard, like really hard. We all know that, right? And she also discovered that being proactive rather than reactive has made a huge difference in her confidence as a parent and her relationship with her children. 
See, this is why I feel like she's such a great fit for Your Life Rocks, because this is really what we're all about, right, is being proactive. Dr. Maylin developed raising character as a way of integrating clinical knowledge and proactive parenting with the belief that raising children should be fun, enjoyable, and memorable. And she's on a mission to raise children we admire as adults. And I think that as we look at ourselves as moms, I know for myself, raising adults is definitely where my focus is. I don't want to raise kids. I want to raise adults that will be loved and highly functioning and successful in their lives. And that is everything that she is all about. Now, before we jump into my interview with Dr. Maylin, I want to remind you that in the month of May, we have a special promotion running where when you sign up for Life Balance Membership, which is where you can find all of the systems that you need to help create more balance in your life, you will get immediate access to our career training. Now, this career training is a little bit different. It's all about helping you create the SOPs, the standard operating practices to move your career forward with intention and purpose. So you'll get the worksheet that will walk you through the activities that you need to be doing annually, quarterly, monthly, weekly, and daily in order for you to make sure that your time away, your time that you're putting into your career can have the biggest impact for your life. You can learn more about Life Balance Membership by going to lifebalancemembership.com. In fact, you can do that or you can upgrade right inside of Your Life Rocks app. Go over to your app store and download it and upgrade. And you can do all of that while you are listening to my interview with Dr. Malin. So without further ado, let's get into it. Dr. Malin, welcome back to Your Life Rocks. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today, learning more from you. But just in case our listeners haven't heard from you before, you were on just a couple weeks ago talking about how we can help our kids build lasting friendships, quality friendships, and so many other good tips in there. And today you're back again to talk about screen time. But before we get into that, remind our listeners a little bit about who you are. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. I've gotten such great feedback already from our time together. So I'm excited for today. Um, Just a quick reminder. So I'm a clinical child psychologist and I specialize in teaching parents how to raise children we'll admire as adults, where we are proactively learning character skills and getting our kids to be thinking for themselves and kind of prepping them at three, four, five, six years of age, how we want them to be when they're in their 20s and 30s. I love it. And, you know, even some of the things that I've learned from you, because my kids are well beyond that. They're now 10 and 14. And, you know, the things that I'm learning from you, even applying where they are now, has been remarkable and seeing so many improvements. So thank you so much for all of the content that you're putting out there. And you're just such a huge help and resource and blessing to so many of us parents. So for anyone who has not gone and watched your videos, I highly encourage that them go to your website and check that out. And we will link to all of that in our show notes. But today we're talking about screen time. And I feel like this is such an important topic because we're entering summer time. And as a working mom, all year round, but especially in summer, I know I'm personally guilty of a little bit too much screen time. So we're going to be talking about this. And I'm so excited to hear your perspective on this particular topic. But being that you specialize in character building with our kids, and you talk so much about how we can do that with our kids, how does something like screen time fit into character building? That's such a great question because we're always thinking about how are we building these character traits? And one of the most important ones that we're working on are critical thinking and creativity and problem solving. And, you know, one of the, the things I like 
to talk to parents about is it's not sitting down at a desk and taking a workbook out and really kind of learning what is critical thinking. It's really doing it in our day-to-day life. So impulse control and target is the one that I like to use together because it's so hard to practice impulse control when we're at places like that. So we build character skills by holding each other accountable. And I'll even tell my son, okay, we're here for these five things. Let's do our very best to stay focused. And then we keep each other on track. And you know, I can't expect him to not grab 50 things if I'm grabbing 50 things. So we really kind of look for ways to integrate these character building skills into just everyday life so that we're proactively learning them as we go along the day. I love that you talk about that because one, I'm going to have to use that for my kids because they will keep me honest. They love to pick my, my oldest son loves to parent me, but really it's so much more about self-regulation because I think sometimes when we think about, you know, screen time, we think about like the, it's all on the parent's shoulders and it's about the parent regulating the child. But really you're saying that when it comes to character building, it has a lot to do with self-regulation as well. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's about a well-rounded child, right? So I don't, I mean, we'll get into screen time, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having a tablet or using screen time. It's well-rounded. Can this child also pick up a book and can they engage themselves by themselves for 15, 20 minutes? Can they, you know, if given choices, will they choose something else at times? Or is this their only self-regulation skill is using a tablet or using screen time? So the real goal of all of this is to just make a well-rounded child that has a full toolbox of things that they can use and engage when they're bored or when they're wanting to, you know, zone out or learn something new that they just have a lot of resources available to them. And this is why I think that the resources that you're providing are so brilliant because it is about taking a step backwards and kind of t- getting that 10,000 feet view holistically of who it is that we're raising, how we're raising them and what those long-term objectives are versus just feeling guilty. Like, oh my gosh, my kid's probably been on the screen a little bit too much today, but then not even thinking about like, why is that a bad thing? Or is it too much? Or is it not too much? You know, when guilt starts to take over, we can kind of forget those bigger long-term objectives about the whys and, and all of that. And I know that you talk a lot about why we're using screen time as almost like a catalyst for thinking about this. Like you said, it's not necessarily always a bad thing, right? No. And I mean, I think when you you said that we're guilt too, it reminds me of that judgment. And I would like for us to be able to remove judgment. And certainly we may go to a restaurant and see a family of four and they're all on their devices and have thoughts about that family. And I think it's just really important for us to remember, we don't know what the four hours before they got to that restaurant looked like or the four (laughs) hours after that restaurant are going to look like for them. It's really not our place to jump in and say, oh, you know, this, this, and this. If we see kids using tablets or phones or, you know, I I just think that we really need to focus on ourselves and, and not think about the judgments behind why a parent might be using screen time. But with that being said, think about all the reasons why screen time might be something that a parent could utilize as a tool. And Some of those reasons could be for educational purposes. I know there are lots of kids that don't learn the same way from a one-on-one instructor as they might learn from playing a game where they're learning that same task. I mean, there are plenty of examples where kids can work on impulse control and reading and math by playing some of these interactive games on a tablet. And that's fantastic. I mean, I think the more opportunities we give a child to learn, the better. That's, that's how we like to learn too. As adults, we like to learn from different variety of ways. You know, is it for boredom? Is it that the child's been running around and super active and they were just playing sports all day and they're coming down to be quiet and, you know, they're bored and they're just looking for something to do for a little bit? 
a quick break. I am all about parents taking a break. I mean, we need to recharge sometimes and there is nothing wrong with giving your child something to do, even if it includes screen time, if that allows you to take a quick break for yourself. And then one of the other reasons we might see for using screen time would be a reward for positive behavior. And I'll talk a little bit more about how you might use rewards for positive behaviors, but that, but it's options for, you know, if a child's screen time is really important to them to build that into some type of a reward for the positive behavior that they've shown. Yeah. And I definitely agree with that. I mean, we use that all the time for our kids, especially my youngest, because he tends to crave screen time a little bit more. And it's different quality of screen time. Not that, you know, any screen time is, well, maybe some is better than others, but you know, my younger one, he would just wants to play, you know, regular video games or not necessarily educational purposes. I mean, you could probably justify and stretch some kind of educational purpose, but for him, he just wants to watch prank videos or, or things that are just pure enjoyment where my older son, we've really trained him that if he has a question about something, we just say, go Google it, go watch a YouTube video and educate yourself on these different things. And he now really enjoys that. Like he loves that he can find out information about anything in the world online. And so for him, it's a little bit different in, in their desire and the way that they want to use their screen time. It's very different in the way that they're wanting to seek it out. So I love that you kind of have this divided out into the, the different purposes and bringing it back around to the judgment piece because, you know, I've been guilty of this too, seeing people out and about and being like, oh my gosh, like they're just not even talking to each other, not even looking at each other. They're just on their phones. But, you know, for myself, I also, I worry about that because sometimes I do work from home and I have to work. And so I'm like, you just, get online and do whatever for the next hour. And then I've got to get this done. And I know a lot of other moms use screen time in a similar way. And then we can feel guilty about it afterwards. Like, is that too much? Are there any studies or, or anything that points to a certain amount of time that says this is the right amount of screen time or this is not the right amount of screen time? Such a great question. Yeah, you brought up two things for me, but just to answer your first question about screen time, so the American Pediatric Association recommends one hour of screen time per day for kids, younger kids, and then it sort of extends out as they're using these you know, tablets and technology for homework and things like that. But generally, the rule under the age of five is it's one hour of screen time per day. But what you brought up for me on this topic is that there are no two kids that are the same. And you just gave the great example of both of your children and how they use it differently. And I think that's more important than this one hour, 30 minutes, whatever the timer rule is, is just knowing your child. So in knowing children are different, they process information differently, they respond to stimulation differently. There are a lot of children that are just wired to be more hyperactive or to be more easily overstimulated. And these kids will respond much differently to screen time than a child who's not inclined to be as overstimulated. And so there's some things that you might want to look for if you're seeing eye blinking, jittery movements, some increases in negative behaviors or aggressive behaviors. We'll see difficulties in sleep regulation. There are lots of referrals that I've had in my private practice where we're seeing a host of these things that might mimic what we might think as ADHD or just this kind of overstimulated sense. And when we take away screen time or we pull it back a little bit, we see a lot of those things go away. And so you know, other kids can watch the exact same amount of screen time and not have those symptoms. So I think it's more just about knowing your child. That's really, I think, opens up a whole nother just Pandora's box of things that we could discuss when it comes to screen time. Because I think sometimes, you know, we think about screen time as 
how do I regulate it? How do I minimize it? How can I make it most effective for my kids? But then really looking at those other side effects, if you will, of screen time or, or other things. I mean, so many kids I know are being diagnosed with ADHD and it could be a matter of overstimulus from screen time. That's what you're saying? Absolutely. And I think you knowing your child's temperament. So just using my four-year-old son, for example, even as an infant, he was really inclined to being overstimulated. If we were in like a crowded restaurant or the lights were really bright or there was a lot going on, we would just like it was harder to get him to sleep or his eyes were kind of looking around a lot. Like he was just like really overstimulated, even from like, gosh, I want to say like four to five months of age. And he's just always been that type of a kid that's just hyper wired. And so we notice if he is in the, with the iPad kind of in front of his face for too long, he'll get like an eye blinking that goes on for days where he'll be blinking his eyes more often. We'll see an increase in aggressive behaviors. We'll see a lot of difficulties with just kind of like getting himself out of that screen time mode. And what we found was if we remove that or take it away, we have much better days. And so it's like this give and take of the 10 minutes of screen time for us is just not worth that hour to two hours of like recovery from that. But not all kids are that way. I mean, some kids can watch an hour of tablet time or screen time and not have that sort of come down from the the stimulating environment. That's incredible. So how do you, because sometimes, you know, when your kids are older, you know, five or older, and you've kind of had a routine of screen time and, you know, you just kind of get bogged down with everyday distractions and everyday life it's hard sometimes to take a step back and really recognize what's going on. So how do you recommend people kind of assess like where their kids are right now? Like if we are going to establish a baseline of how our kids might be being affected by screen time, how do you recommend them doing that? Do they take like a week to just kind of watch for those different behaviors or, or adjust the time and then see what changes or, or what kind of things would you recommend parents do? Such a good question. So I'm a pull the bandaid off kind of person. And (laughs) if if you really want to know how hooked your kids are on screen time, turn that Wi-Fi off for a few hours and see what happens. Do they go, no big deal. I've got five other things I can do. Or are we seeing tantrums and I can't figure this out and I don't know how to solve my problems. So initially what you said about your son going to the internet to solve problems, that's incredible. That's such a great character skill of figuring things out. And that's exactly what we want to see. I mean, that's what I do. I have my phone near me. If someone says something, I'm like, let me fact check that. I pull my phone out and we look at, and that's exactly what we want our kids to be doing. But now let's say my phone is off and it doesn't work. Am I stuck? Am I done? You know, am I, is there nothing else that I can do? And so where else would I figure that out and how else would I get that information? And so you know, coming full circle, we talked about a well-rounded child. I want them to use this screen time as a tool in their toolbox, but I don't want it to be their only tool. And if they don't have it, they're just stuck and they sort of short circuit out and they have no ideas of what, what to do. Yeah, that's such a great point. That is, that is incredible. And I love the idea too of just like cold turkey and just seeing how they react and letting that be that first assessment. Because otherwise it when I was first thinking of that question, I was like, oh my gosh, that could be really overwhelming thinking about tracking, you know, all of these things over the course of like a week to see how they're, how they're reacting. But I would guess like if you had a child that was maybe having ADHD tendencies or you were having some difficulties with their sleep, that that might be the first indication that this is something you should try as far as like taking back some of the screen time. Oh, 100%. And you know, I have seen this clinically in a number of cases where we have removed a lot of unwanted negative behaviors by just reducing screen time. And so not every kid needs that, but if you can slowly go back and back and then 
you know, let's think about why are we using screen time? So my hope is that after our talk today, you'll feel like you have a little bit more resources or tools so that sure, screen time can be one tool, but I know I have a lot of other options that I can use and I have a better understanding of why I'm using screens for my kids. I love that. So let's get into what some of those strategies are to help reduce screen time and then like what else we can do to replace it with. Because I think sometimes, you know, as parents, we could just get busy and we kind of can default to whatever's the easiest because sometimes we get into that survival mode as moms. And so with summertime coming, that's it, right? Like it just is kind of like, well, we just got to kind of get through (laughs) this busy time or we have to get through this summertime and, and just try to do the best that we can. But give us some some suggestions as we talk about these strategies of pulling away of what also we could do to help replace it. Well, and that was a great what you just said there. You know, summertime's coming. Well, we know summertime's comes. You know, I'm not a constellation expert, but summertime comes every year, right? Our kids are out of school every year. So we know this unstructured time is coming. It's on the horizon. And so let's front load this. And part of raising character is thinking proactively rather than reactively. So it's not, oh my gosh, it's Monday morning and kids are out of school and I have nothing for them to do and they have nothing planned for themselves. Neither of us thought this through and now they're just going to sit on a tablet all day. We know it's coming. We know they're going to have time. Let's think about some choices that they could have. And so that would be my first strategy would be to offer choices. It shouldn't just be, here's your tablet. It should be, you know, did you want to write in this journal? Would you like to use the screen time for such and such amount of time? Would you like to build something? Would you, you know, kind of giving options of, we have these variety of things to do and let's pick from one of them, but we at least are getting engaging kind of their critical thinking skills to decide what I would like to do. And if I would like to pick something different. That's great. That's awesome. So Let's talk about these strategies for reducing. Because I know in our household, this is something that my husband and I have talked a lot about that we need to start reducing some of the screen time. But again, things are habitual and it can be hard to break those habits. So what are some of those strategies on how we can do that? Oh, great. So some of these might be really easy or you might go, I'm already doing that. So that's great. And some of these might be really hard and they may take a little bit longer to practice or to implement in your home. So we'll just go through them and kind of have a discussion about each one. But one of the easiest things to do is to turn off all screens during mealtimes. So no phones at the table, no tablets at the table. I try no TVs during dinner time. Turn everything off. And so it's just you all connecting with one another. And you can even, I would suggest maybe like a basket or a bin or a place in the home where all of these things go. So, you know, everyone dumps their phone or tablet, whatever, into the basket or this neutral, mutual place. And so it's not this temptation if something's buzzing in your pocket or if you know you can hear a TV going in the background and it's just off. So meal times are kind of a safe space where we don't have any of that interference with technology and in a sense sort of forcing each other to look at each other and talk to each other and ask really good questions. That's great. And I think that sometimes, you know, that can be easy to do, just turning it off. Sometimes I think the hardest thing is is if you're not all eating together at the same time. I know for us, there are some days of the week that we call it fun for yourself night because it's literally like it's track meet or there's other things going on. And so everyone's kind of eating when they can eat and we don't always get that chance to eat together. But if the majority of the time you're kind of following that rule, I would guess that would be okay. Yeah, I hear that. And I mean, so let's front load this to 20 and 30 year olds who are out on a date or who are out socially with their friends. And as we've seen, 
you go into a group setting and, you know, if there's a sort of a round table of 20 year olds, 30 year olds, and they're all out with their phones out. And it's like, well, why? I don't understand why you guys are all together if you're just going to sit on your phone all night, right? Yes. So this is that skill that we're teaching them when they're 10, 11, and 12 to be present when there's people around you. There's no need to really seek out all this socialization on social media if you can't be social with the 10 people in the room with you. And so you're right. There are definitely times where we're doing individual meal times and it is what it is. We're making it work. But when we're all together. Let's really facilitate that learning of how to be present with each other versus having our face down in our phones, because that's what we want our child to do when they're actually in a meeting with other people or out on a date or you know, out with their friends. I love that too, because it takes away the focus from, okay, the focus is we're not doing screen time to the focus is we're teaching our kids how to interact with others while they're doing it, having a meal. Absolutely. So then let, this kind of jumps into our second one, but this is maybe the hardest one. I know it's the hardest one for me, but we're the role model for this. So just like I mentioned in Target, I cannot tell my child not to touch things and that when we're cashing out, if I'm grabbing gum and beef jerky and you know, shirts and shoes and I'm throwing all these things in. That doesn't make any sense for me to be able to do that. And then I say, hey, don't touch anything, right? And so the second part of this is just really role modeling being present. And I can't tell you how many times I've caught myself staring down at my phone when we're in the playroom or when we're out on something and I'm like, oh my gosh, this, I need to be more present and just get this away from me and turn it off. So things that we can do is to really show that in ourselves that we can be present and we can put it away and turn it off also. Yeah, I'm guilty of this too. And even to the point where I will catch my kids where I'm like, okay, it's time to turn it off. And they're like, okay, just one more thing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I said, turn it off. But mm -hmm. then I think about it when it's time for me to turn it off. And my husband might be saying, you know, hey, dinner's ready. And I'll mm -hmm. be like, oh, hold on, just like five more minutes. <laughs> so I'm, you know, modeling the behavior that I don't want to see in them. And so that is kind of a hard one to do, but it is necessary. Absolutely. And I mean, I think we're also teaching that like this little device is so fascinating. It's more fascinating than being with you. It's more fascinating than having a conversation with you. And honestly, you can't compete with the phone. A, a child can't compete with the endless, you know, things that are on a phone. And as a parent, we can't really compete with all of the things that your child has access to on that technology either. And so it's one of those things where we just need to learn to put it down for a little bit and be present with one another and really appreciate that relationship versus getting sucked into this kind of endless box of technology. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. All right, so number one is no screen time during dinner or mealtime. Number two is to be a role model for our kids, hard but doable. doable. <laughs> um, but let's talk about number three. So next up is setting a timer. So I know you just said five more minutes, but really kind of having an accountability timer. And so this isn't a when this goes off, you're in trouble kind of a timer, but really like a kind of a self-regulating timer. So you might say, sure, you can have some screen time. How much time do you think you'd like for your screen time? If your child is having a hard time with picking a reasonable choice, you might say, do you want five minutes, 10 minutes? What do you think is best? You know, and the idea is that we don't want to rush in and say, I'm deciding how long you can be on it because you don't have the ability to self-regulate. I want them to come up with what's a reasonable amount of time that I should be on this device. And so you're guiding them and teaching them, but then really following through with that and saying, yeah, you know, 10 minutes seems like a reasonable time or 30 minutes for a show that you're watching, but after 30 minutes, then what's our plan? And so I really like to get the child to come up with what's the plan. 
right? So that you're not going, all right, it's 30 minutes and you have to turn it off. And if you don't turn it off and this and that, right, we're not even engaging in that. So ahead of time, we decide how much time we want to set. And then we have a plan. What's our plan for when that 30 minutes is up? So that, because remember, we're proactive. So that once that 30 minutes is up, we can just say, hey, what was our agreement? Right? Because part of this is that integrity, honoring our agreements, being able to turn things off, being able to set up a situation with you and then following through with it. And so we really want to use this opportunity of this is what you said you were going to do. And so now that 30 minutes is up, let's follow through with that. Oh, that's so good. That's so great. And I can definitely see, like you were saying before, being proactive about all of the different things they could be doing with their time over summer break and then setting the timer and then saying, okay, now which option are you going to choose after that? I love that you always position it as a way of of giving them choices and asking them questions. I think that that is so brilliant. Well, yeah. And I guess the other part of it is letting them come up with the plan for what to do afterwards, right? So that they come up with it. All right, after the show's over, then I'm going to, you know, go outside or I'm going to this and that. So yeah. And then they own it. It's their plan. Yeah. It's not my plan. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just so much easier to follow through with something when you're the one that decided it. So good. So good. All right. What's next? So next, and this may not apply to some, but it may apply to others. So I just put it on our list here, but move the chargers to common areas. So I have seen sometimes where people will charge tablets or phones in the child's bedroom or next to their bed or in a place that is kind of private for them. So I would recommend moving where you charge the device to a common area, like in the kitchen or, you know, and a plug in near the living room or something. And I think what that does is reduce the temptation of when you're alone to default to needing this connection of a screen time. And it's okay to be alone. It's okay to be by yourself. It's okay to figure out that quiet time. And if we always have this thing pulling us that connects us, then we don't really get that opportunity to be by ourselves or be alone a little bit. So what we're really doing is just kind of removing that temptation by growing the skill of being okay, being by yourself and not always having to be connected. Yeah, I think that this is so brilliant, especially when we look back at what we were talking about earlier with difficulty with sleep regulation. And and I'm sure part of that is the blue light and the screen and what it does to our eyes. But I know for my older son, part of it is just if he has a hard time falling asleep rather than laying there and trying to fall asleep, he might grab his phone or grab his his iPad and, and do something, you know, real quick. He might think of something and then go to Google it. And the next thing you know, two hours have passed and it's midnight and he's still not asleep. So I definitely think that that is a great strategy to have in there. Yeah. And I know for older kids too, they'll have that interaction where they might be texting or messaging. And really what we want our child to be doing is to focus on going to sleep and not having to kind of always be on this constant state of alert that I could get a message at any time. Or if I get a message, I have to respond to it. You know, in the room when they're sleeping or in quiet times, it should be focused on that without this constant, you know, something could interrupt me at any time, heightened sense of stress. Oh, that's so good. That's really good. All right, what's next? So we talked about this a little bit, but offering choices. So I would really recommend that instead of just saying here's screen time, that you offer some choices. So you can do this, you can do this, or you can do this. And then give them the opportunity to pick something different if they choose to. And you know, one of the other offering choices on this kind of a, a side note of it is when we use technology to or screen time to reward positive behavior. So I would suggest that instead of you coming up with the reward, you give them opportunities to choose other things for rewards too. So it might be, you know, hey, I noticed that you and your sibling were getting along so well. 
would you guys like to play a game together, go get ice cream together, or have a little bit of time where you guys can watch a show for screen time together, right? So we're giving them opportunities to engage with one another and looking for different ways to reward that positive behavior where we're encouraging those social interactions versus just saying, you know, oh gosh, you, you know, you guys have been getting along here. You take your tablet in your room and you take your tablet in your room. So we want to give options and offer different choices and then also use that when we're rewarding positive behavior. That's so good because sometimes it's so easy to just default to, okay, if you do this, then I'll give you an extra 15 minutes of screen time. But I love the idea of giving different options that are outside of screen time for them to choose from as well. Yeah. And look for different ways that you can use experiences for rewards. So, you know, reading a book together or, hey, you get to pick the dessert for dinner or we're going to go to the movies and you get to pick the movie. Or, you know, if it's multiple siblings, one person gets to pick the movie, one person gets to pick the snack from the snack counter, you know, just different types of things where they have a little bit of control and then also are encouraging that time when they're together, the experience part of things. That's great. I love that. All right. So let's recap before we have the last one, because there's one more tip that you have for us, right? Oh, I'm saving the best for last. Yeah. I cannot wait. Okay. So number one is no screen time during dinner. Number two is to be the role model. Three is to set a timer and a plan for what they're going to do when the timer goes off. So it's self-regulation. Move chargers to a common area, offer choices, rewards for positive behavior. And now I'm so excited to hear the best for last. Oh, this is, it's the most boring because I want you to let your kids be bored. Really, I mean, this kind of goes into our unplugging the Wi-Fi. Let them be bored. Let them not have screen time. Turn it off. And the big part of this is being okay with your kids being bored. And so I think that's where we jump to screen time to solve this problem or remove the uncomfortable anxiety of, oh my gosh, my kid has nothing to do. And we give them our phone or we give them a tablet or we give them the TV show. But I want to really encourage you to let your kid be bored because this is one of the greatest character building skills that we can have is what your child does when they're bored. If the only thing they know how to do is to put their face in front of a screen, we really haven't developed those character skills that we want to see. And what I find is if you can let your child tolerate boredom, you're going to see amazing amounts of creativity come out of your child. The things that kids do when they're bored is just fascinating to me. And I mean, certainly some kids may need a little bit of direction, you know, hey, this is time where we don't have anything planned and we can, you know, you can come up with these certain things. But the real skill would be to say, we don't have anything planned. What do you want to do? And let their mind come up with something creative. I love that. And especially as your kids are getting older. I mean, I know just looking back at the different developmental stages that my kids went through as they were growing up, it's so amazing to see their imaginations at work from the things that they would build or the things that they would come up with or these imaginary games. And now that they're older, it blows me away the stuff that they come up with. Whereas if I never gave them that opportunity to be bored, who knows if they would ever think about doing some of those things or they might think about them, but then never actually do them. And even looking back at my own childhood, especially in the summertime, some of the best memories, the best adventures came from boredom. So it is really a gift to give to your kids. Oh, I so agree. And the other part of this is in our own self, we really have to resist this urge to problem solve boredom. And I get it all the time where I'm like, oh my gosh, we have nothing planned. This is my job to come up with something. Or I'm a bad parent if my child has 30 minutes of time that I didn't plan. And we really have to just take that and throw it right out the window. Letting your child be bored is one of the best parenting things that you can do. You're really growing and strengthening these muscles for them. So let yourself off the hook. Let your kid be bored. 
unplug the Wi-Fi, don't plan anything, and just watch them. Watch and see what they do. And you can even have them be the adventurer, the explorer, and you're sort of the guide along with them. But just really resist that urge that you might have to solve all of their problems and help them not be bored anymore because we're doing them a great strength by letting them figure it out. So incredible. You know, Dr. Malin, when we first talked about doing this topic of reducing screen time, I'll have to be honest, I was a little bit anxious because I knew it was going to be a little bit of self-reflection and for me to like have to bring some things in alignment with my kids, but I knew it was necessary. So I was looking forward to it, but I knew it was going to be a little bit like, oh, but after our conversation today, I'm excited to reduce screen time for my kids and I feel really equipped for it. So thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared. I mean, it's so brilliant. Of course. And, you know, so just to wrap this up too, after you're doing some of these things, start looking for changes in behavior and really acknowledge it. So what I, I like to do is to say, oh my gosh, instead of watching a 30 minute show, we went for a walk. How did that feel? What was that like? Did you like that better? So you're kind of using that learning experience of growing this muscle and really acknowledging it. Hey, instead of everyone being on their phone at dinner, we put those away. What was that like for you? So kind of really kind of putting the lid on the box and coming around and acknowledging these big changes that you might be making. I love it. That is such a great final point to kind of wrap everything up together. Now, I want everyone to go to your website and to watch your videos because like I said, you have impacted my parenting in such huge ways. And I'm so glad that I found you. So how can people learn more about you? How can they work with you? What resources do you have for parents out there listening? Oh, it's so great to hear. So Raising Character, www.raisingcharacter.com is where I house all of my information. So from there on the front page, you can take a character strengths quiz to find out your child's best character strengths. You can watch the quick short videos. These videos are really designed for like you're in the carpool lane, you've got three to five minutes, you just want to front load a skill. So they're real quick kind of ideas, tips, tricks, secrets of ways to implement character skills. And then Instagram is where I'm mostly for social media. Then it's just my handles at Raising Character. Um, So you can pop over there and I'll be on the stories every now and then, maybe once a week where I share, you know, different techniques and ways of a specific character skill. And then hopefully, gosh, in the next few weeks, I'll be launching some character bundles. So I'm going to be launching some character courses that parents can take that bundle up things like integrity and optimism, compassion, persistence, just these different ways that you on your own can learn how to implement these skills with your child. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm so excited for those bundles to come out. I mean, like I said, everything that you say is so brilliant and you are a working mom yourself. So you totally get that like, there's a lot to be balancing in life, but raising character and raising great kids that we are going to be respecting as adults is so important. So thank you for the work that you do. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, there you go. I hope this episode really blesses you. I hope it gives you more clarity on how you can approach this subject as a mom because it's difficult, right? It seems to be that pendulum that swings to all or nothing with screen time. And I really love Dr. Maylin's approach because it's very holistic and it's just very good. So I hope that this is something that you can start to apply directly into your family. And as I was reflecting on my interview with Dr. Maylin and everything that she shared, I was reminded of the Bible verse, Philippians 2.12. So then, my dear ones, just as you have always obeyed my instructions with enthusiasm, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with awe and inspired fear and trembling. 
For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And the thing that I love about this verse with what we were talking about is it's instilling your kids their own self-regulation, their own way of determining what is good and the things that they need versus just doing what they're told or doing the correct thing in your presence, but to help them understand that it is self-regulated on the inside. And again, I hope that you go and check out everything that they offer at RaisingCharacter.com. And we can find links to everything we talked about in the show as well over at YourLifeRocks.com. Now, I hope you stay tuned for next week's episode because we have some exciting things coming to get you ready for summer. We also have a special episode coming up focused in on your health. I know you're not going to want to miss it. So make sure you hit subscribe. And until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Just because the episode's over doesn't mean that we have to stop hanging out. Of course, you can follow me over on Instagram at your.life.rocks or hop on over to Facebook, search Your Life Rocks and find our Facebook community. It is full of working Christian moms just like you looking to redefine what balance means in their life and take action to make it so. Now, if you are looking for more, if you are ready to go deeper, to really create the systems to bring more balance into your life and help you clear the chaos, I invite you to join Life Balance Membership. You can go to lifebalancemembership.com to learn more or upgrade right inside of the Your Life Rocks app. You can find that on iTunes or Google Play. Looking for more resources? Head on over to yourliferocks.com.